0: Hare Krishna. Welcome to this episode, fifth epi- fifth part of the glories of Lord Nityananda. And today we will be reading from Chaitanya Charitam, the Adalila chapter five, text sixty five onwards. Um, but first we will chant the verse, the important verse that this is based off on. And that is Adalila 1.9. Right. We'll say the prayers first and continue with the Session. Mm-hmm. om namo bhagavate vasudevaya om namo bhagavate vasudevaya om namo bhagavate vasudevaya om agyanatam shrakaya chakshuran melitam yena tasmay shri gurave namaha shri chaitanya manobhishtam sthapitam yena bhutale svayam rupah kadam aham dadatisva Van Deham Sri Guru Shri Yutapatakamalam Sri Gurun Vaishnavamscha Sri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Gunathan Vitam Sajivam Sadvaitam Savathutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Sri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Sri Vishakhan Vitams He Krishna Karunasindho Dinabandho Jagatpate Gope, gopika Kanta, Radha, Kantanamos, Tute, Tapta Kansana Gaurangi, Radhe Vendavane, Sveri, Vrishaphanus, Devi, Pranamami, Hari, Priye, One Chakalpatarubhyascha, Kripas, Evacha, Patitanam, Pavane, Bho, Vaishnavay, Bho, Namon, Namaha, Namom, Vishnupadaya, Krishna Prest, Haya, Bhutale, Srimati Bhaktivedanta, Swamini, tinamine Namaste Saraswade Deve Gauravani Pracharine Nirvishesha Sunyavadi Paschatyade Shatarine Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaidhagadhar Shri Vasadi Gaurabhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Welcome to this episode of Chaitanya Charita so we're reading from the glories of Lord Nityananda Prabhu, and especially um, the, f- the first verse about Nityananda Prabhu is Adalila 1.7, and it goes five verses 1.7 all the way to 1.11. So the 1.7 is the main one, main main verse which summarizes the entire glories of Nityananda Prabhu, and eight through eleven expand upon that seventh verse. I mean the first verse. Um, so we have already done that um, first of those four verses, the explanatory verses. So it is about Lord Sankarshan in the heavenly and the spiritual world. And now we are currently discussing the Mahavishnu, the first Purusha incarnation, Purusha Avatar. Now all this is very <laughs> technical, and it can be, it can go way over the head sometimes. Um, But, this is how Krishnadas Kavaraj Goswami has presented first. Uh, The way of his presentation is, he presented the position of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, then Nityananda Prabhu, then Advaita Prabhu and then, in this way, establishing their positions and then explaining the pastimes, so that we know their greatness. Just like in Bhagavatam, the tenth canto is about the pastimes of Krishna, but nine cantos are spent explaining the glory of Krishna all the different expansions of Krishna and finally the Sammam Bonam, the the complete personality of Godhead, Krishna, Sampurna Bhagavan. So, similarly, uh, Chaitanya Charitamata carries the same flavor. Alright, we will chant the main verse. So, each verse is explained in many verses. So, uh, currently we are uh, reading the explanation of this verse, which is actually 5.50 but it is originally 1.9. It's repeated again and explained in, in uh, detail. Alright, we'll just chant this once and then go to the place where we um, stopped and we'll continue from there. Right. Maya Bharta Janda Sangha Shraya Shete Sakshatkaranam Bodhi Madhye Yasyaikamsa Shri Pumanadi Devas tam Shri I offer my full obeisances under the feet of Shri nityananda Ram whose partial representation, called Karanadakashaya Vishnu, lying on the Karana ocean is the original Purusha, the master of the illusory energy and the shelter of all the universes. So, here we will jump all the way to 65 where we have stopped and then we'll continue from there so if you remember the potter the potter's wheel and the pot that was the example which was like almost like the central theme of the last session where the immediate cause and the remote cause we were discussing now the immediate cause of a pot is a potter's wheel that's what we immediately see But then the remote cause is the potter himself who has created the wheel and who has spun the wheel and you know put the clay there and he is the one who designed everything. So he is the original creator but for us the immediate source of creation looks like the potter's wheel which from which the pot is coming out. So um, so these examples were were touched upon and explained at length and so now today see here this is 64 lord krishna is the creator and maya only helps him as an instrument just like the potter's wheel and other instruments which are the instrumental causes of a pot yeah 5.65 purusha kare <inaudible> Jiva Rupa Virya Tate Karena Adhan. The first Purusha casts his glance at Maya from a distance and thus he impregnates her with the seed of life in the form of living entities. (coughs) So the first Purusha, we have three Purusha avatars. First is the Karanodakashaya Vishnu. From him come innumerable universes. And he enters into each universe again and that is the second Purusha. That is Garbhodakashaya Vishnu and then he enters into each and every atom of each and every universe and that is shirodaka sai vishnu uh, three purusha avatars three vishnu means one who enters Vishate so one who enters this material world in three different phases first he enters as you know the mahavishnu lying on the karana ocean and next he enters into each and every universe that is second entrance and then he enters into each and every atom you same so, three stages of entrances and that's why he is called Vishnu, one who enters. Now, in the spiritual world, he is not called Vishnu, he is called Narayana, the chaturbhuja Narayana form. And, of course, Krishna is Krishna himself. So, in this way, uh, he is named. So, here, he talking about the first Purusha, the first entrance. The Karana Dakshaya Vishnu. Second Purusha is Garbodha Vishnu, third Purusha is Kshiradha Vishnu. Right? So every word we have to understand what it's talking about. <clears throat> <clears throat> the reflected rays of his body mixed with Maya and thus, Maya gives birth to myriad universes. (laughs) Now, this also we have touched upon, that he can um, impregnate just by his vision. Sa Aikshata, Sa Imam Lokan Asrijata. See that? I think it's Chandogya Upanishad, if I'm not wrong. Let me just check. No, Aitraya Upanishad. Okay, here it is, in the Adhavila 7.12, 7.112 purport, you see, in the Prashna Upanishad 6.3, it is said, Sa-Iksham chakre. he glanced over the material creation. Huh? In the Aitareya Upanishad 1.1.1 and 2, it is said, sa aikshata. And Sa Imal Lokan Asrajada, he glanced over the material creation, he created this entire material world. So, by glancing, he impregnated. So, this is in a perfect uh, congruence with this particular verse in Brahma Samhita. Truth means it must be congruent across all scriptures. You know, uh, 533, I guess. No, 532, you see. Angani Yasya sakalendriya vritti You see, each of his limbs of the transcendental figure possesses in himself the full-fledged functions of all the organs. So we, in, in material world, everybody needs the genitals to procreate. He needs to use that sense only. He can't procreate with his eyes. He needs to use his genitals. So, that we are limited so sometimes people say oh how can you limit uh, god you know by mic- making a form you know which is like so and so size and everything how can you limit like that no he may look limited that is the power of the unlimited that even despite being unlimited he can you know present himself as you know within a certain dimension if he is really unlimited, he should be able to do anything. And the other feature is, even though his body may look, you know, a certain size or a certain shape, occupying a certain space, he is not actually in this material world. And that's, that um, is expressed by his, this special feature, that his body, every part of his body can do anything. Now here, in this today's verse, it is explained, that he doesn't need genitals to procreate. Sa Aikshata, Sa Iman Lokan Asrajata You know, Ayatareya Upanishad. Here it is said, the reflected rays of his body, you're not even saying the the glance, the reflected rays of his body, the the light coming from his body, that has mixed with Maya and given birth. You see, even by the light that is coming out from his body, he can impregnate. This is the power of the Supreme Lord. Maya gives birth to myriad universes. The Vedic conclusion purport, 5.66 purport, the Vedic conclusion is that the cosmic manifestation visible to the eyes of the conditioned soul is caused by the absolute truth, the personality of Godhead, through the exertion of his specific energies. Although in the conclusion of atheistic deliberations, this manifested cosmic exhibition is attributed to material nature. The atheists say that this cosmic exhibition, you know, and they attribute it to material nature. They, they say, oh, nature has created this. But, it is actually created by the Supreme Absolute Truth, Krishna Himself. It is just like a, a foolish man saying, or a child saying that, the, the potter's wheel has created the pot. Uh, the potter's wheel, here in this example, is likened to the material nature, which is the instrumental cause of everything that we see. So to say that mother nature is the cause, yes, but is that the ultimate cause remote cause no, it's the immediate cause In, um uh, what is that ingrediential cause effective cause is that the correct I think so. I think so. I'm not very sure about that. so anyway, the ingrediential cause and the immediate cause both are still tools only in the hands of the Lord. Like, the potter's wheel is a tool and he has other tools also. But, ultimately, the potter himself. So, the ingredients of the material world and the three modes of material nature, um, the Mahatattva mixes with these three modes mixes with these three modes and forms various varieties. All these are different stages in the process of creation. But all of them are just these tools immediate cause, the next immediate cause, the next immediate and finally the remote cause, the original cause. Karana karanam Of all kāraṇas, kāraṇa means uh, cause. Of all kāraṇas, of all causes, He is the cause. So that is called remote cause. Okay? The energy of the Absolute Truth is exhibited in three ways. Spiritual, material and marginal. These are the three broad categorizations of the energies of the Absolute Truth. Parasa shaktir Parasa means he has multifarious energies. Um, but broadly categorized into three. There are unlimited number of subdivisions to each of these three. Okay? But for uh, general understanding, these three we can understand. So what are the three energies? What is spiritual energy, what is material energy, what is marginal energy? The spiritual energy is antaranga shakti which is exhibited in the spiritual world. Everything is spirit there. Spirit means living. It's a soul. So there are, it is full of souls only. There is no body, in, in I mean material body there in the spiritual world. Now here we have a distinction. I am a soul, I am sitting inside the body and then I have this body um, which I am kind of wearing like a dress. So that's our uh, position in the material world. But in the spiritual world, everything is... Even the stones are not material in the spiritual world. Chintamani prakarasad vriksha They all are living. The air there is living. The water is living. Everything is living there. So that is spiritual world. And material world, everything is dull, dead. Uh, it only appears moving because of the presence of the living entities, which are imported from the spiritual world. We we are the living entities imported from the spiritual world. Rather, we were kicked out from the spiritual world, <laughs> to be very honest. Uh, because we have gone against the Lord and the Lord has given us a facility here, like a prison house, to for us to stay and for us to reform. And since we want to lord it over, so He has given us an inferior energy on which to lord over, because an inferior energy cannot lord over the superior energy. So in the spiritual world, the Lord is the Predominator and we are inferior to Him. And that is our actual constitutional position. But we wanted to challenge the Lord and we wanted to be an um, independent uh, enjoyer. And that's why we were given the facility. Alright, you'll be an independent enjoyer. Try your best. Good luck. See you. <laughs> so He sent us here. So we tried our best. We were Brahma in the beginning. Master of the entire universe. Sorry, that was a bike making a noise. So, in the beginning, we were a um, master of the entire universe. And then slowly, slowly, we degraded all the way until we came to the worm in the stool. Hmm. Enjoying the stool. Um. <clears throat> so now, that is the living entities. So, we are the marginal energy. What is marginal energy? Margin. Margin ri- lies at the boundary of this and this. Anything. A and B. Like border. Border is the... You know, like countries have borders. So, that is the margin. So, we are marginal energy. That means what? We are half spiritual, half material? No, not exactly. We are Kshetrajnyakya tatha para. We are also actually spiritual. But because we are so tiny, um, we can be overpowered by either of the energies, the spiritual or the material. So, depending on our consciousness, Krishna shelters us under either the internal energy or the external energy or either the spiritual energy and the marginal energy so depending on our disposition then. so that is why we are marginal the example is given like the beach you know we all go to the beach right we have all been to the beach now the beach is land it is land but sometimes when it is high tide then the water comes over that land and it is taken as part of the ocean it looks like part of the water body but actually it's it's land the ocean is always covered I mean that part of is always water and the rest of the land is always land but this beach sometimes is exposed in its original state which is land and sometimes it is covered by water and now it is taken as part of the ocean so that is marginal. It's situated right there. Um, sometimes uncovered, sometimes covered. So now we in the material world as Jivas, we are covered by the water of Maya. We are actually spiritual. We belong to the land. But we, I mean, metaphorically, we, be, we are spirit. We are now covered by Maya. So those are the three energies everything that is said we have to understand properly they're not words that are thrown in the purport let's just say something you know atheistic deliberation or even like this the exertion what is that the vedic conclusion is that the cosmic manifestation visible to the eyes of the conditioned soul is caused by the absolute truth the personality of godhead through the exertion of his specific energies Although in the conclusion of atheistic deliberations, this manifested cosmic exhibition is attributed to material nature. Now, wow, what is he talking talking about? We have to understand. So anyway, we try to explain it. So, whenever you read Prabhupada's books, when you read something, try to understand. If you don't understand those words, take a dictionary, put some effort. That little investment of time uh, will help a great deal because when you understand something, don't worry about remembering what you read. When you understand some, something then it stays in your memory better and then every now and then you will meet these uh, external internal and marginal energies and all this every time you will be revised automatically when you read Prabhupada's books on and on and on these concepts will repeat its, repeat themselves and then the more we hear it again and again the more it settles in our understanding in our memory and everything so that's how we understand things so if you don't understand take a, take a dictionary and exertion what is exertion of specific energy so he is exerting i mean he is manifesting he is using his energies Um, so anyway in this way we have to understand closely super we have to read and study well the absolute truth is identical with his spiritual energy again the absolute truth is identical with his spiritual energy only when contacted by this spiritual energy, can the material energy work and the temporary material manifestations thus appear active. So, in other words, um, the abode of the Lord and the the Lord Himself are Um, non-different. And the the, the Absolute Truth is, is identical with His spiritual energy. So the spiritual, I mean the figure of Krishna, the form of Krishna is completely spiritual. Satchidananda Vigraha. Our body, our material body is exactly the opposite. Asat, Achit, Nirananda. So, uh, Asat means not eternal, temporary. Achit means full of ignorance and Nirananda means full of misery. Whereas his is eternal, full of knowledge and full of bliss. Satchidananda Vigraha. Actually, our soul, I mean, we the soul are also Satchidananda Vigraha. My new vigram, but we are covered with this uh, opposite kind of energy now the absolute truth is identical with the spiritual energy only when contacted by the spiritual energy can the material energy work and the temporary material manifestations does appear active and this is a conf- this is confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita 7.5 see apareyam mitastvanyam prakritim vidhime param <clears throat> Jeeva Bhutam Mahabaho Yayedam Dharyate Jagat You see, dharyate utilized or exploited this material world. What is that? Besides these, these means the eight types of material ingredients, which is which will explained in the previous verse, 7.4. Besides them, besides the material energy, the different divisions of material energy, O mighty-armed Arjuna, there is another superior energy of mine which comprises the living entities, we. We are those living entities, the superior energy of Krishna, compared to the inferior material energy. And we are, what is that? Who are exploiting the resources of this material inferior nature. We are exploiting this. We are man- manipulating the energies of this, you know, uh, material inferior nature. And that's what it is said here, that only when contacted with the spiritual energy, can the material energy work. This material energy will not move unless contacted by the spiritual We are the spiritual energy. When we move something, it moves. When we don't move it, it won't move. Hmm. Cities get developed, com- companies get developed, countries get developed, factories, whatever you see, it needs the touch of a person. If something goes wrong in a company, the boss wants to see who is the one responsible for me. So every, th- every time it is coming back to the point of who is responsible. For anything that goes wrong or right. Because without the living entity, the material nature is not going to do wrong, it's not going to do right. It's just going to be. That's it. It only will move because of us. Now you may say, Prabhu, how can you say that? The earth is revolving with or without us. It is moving. The sun is moving. How can you say we are moving it? Hmm. So, again... We are able to move certain things in this world. The sun, the earth, all these things we are not able to move. But there are higher beings, which are basically super, uh, spirit souls only, not super soul, Spirit soul like us. But they are especially empowered to conduct those much uh, superior actions in this material world. The, the sun god, the, the mother earth, she is actually a person. She has a personal form also. So, all these uh, personalities... There's 330 million demigods. So many millions of demigods. And they are invested with much higher powers than we we are. And they are moving those things. Uh, Just like... um, In a city... There are many pet animals. Cat, dog and all that. Now... They don't understand or even children, they don't understand that the entire country is maintained by a very, very powerful uh, person who is the Prime Minister and how he's managing the entire affairs of the country. The animals don't even know how it is all going on. Similarly, we are almost like animals compared to the awareness of the demigods who are far more powerful. We have no idea how everything is moving we're just like those animals in a city, who have no idea that a government is there, and then there's a parliament, and then there's a whole law and order system and everything, constitution, and the enforcement agencies like the police and everything. They have no idea. Similarly, we have no idea how these things are going on. But for the animals, for the dog and cat, the entire thing is going on automatically. You know, like. But actually, if the government was not there, everything would have been chaotic. But it's not. Uh, and they don't understand why. Similarly, we don't understand how everything is working in order. But the demigods are invest with, invested with these higher powers. Yeah. And they are also getting their powers only from Krishna. It's not that they are independently powerful. No. Yeah. The Absolute Truth is identical with the spiritual energy. Only when contacted by the spiritual energy can the material energy work. And the temporary material manifestations does appear active in the conditioned state the living entities of the marginal energy are a mixture of spiritual and material energies you see in the conditioned state what is conditioned state now that we are in this material world this is called the conditioned state i think devotees will know this but i am emphasizing all these points because sometimes i see even devotees they they hear these words but they never care actually uh, sit down and understand, why why we are called conditioned souls? What is conditioned souls? Air conditioned souls or what? what is this? Actually, it's very similar to air conditioned. Because what is air condition? What is this air conditioned device? It is just like, it is conditioning the air to a particular temperature and particular humidity. So, that is the conditioning of the air. We are conditioning the air. Otherwise, it is beyond our control, right? So, we want to condition it to bring it under control to a certain thing that we desire. So Similarly, the living entity is originally liberated, completely free. But now we are conditioned, we are under so many conditions, we are put under this control of under so many conditions and that is called a condition. So, like for example, like these COVID vaccines which are coming into Singapore for example and those vaccines sometimes have to be kept under minus sub-zero temperatures, like minus 20 or minus 70, sometimes. And that is a condition. They have to be conditioned under that temperature. Uh, so the, the the wherever they are stored, those facilities should have that conditioning of okay minus this much, minus this much. So that is the conditioning. So we are also similarly conditioned. Like we don't have unlimited powers, right? Like narad Muni, he can go everywhere, but we don't have that power, we don't have We are conditioned in many, many ways. So that is conditioned souls. Okay. So in the conditioned state, the living entities of the marginal energy are a mixture of spiritual and material energy. We are a mixture of spiritual and material energy. Actually, we are originally spiritual, but we are covered by this material. And we think, we the spirit soul, think that we are matter. This is the complete messed up state that we are in. This is the mixture. We are one thing, but we are thinking we are another thing, like that. So, the marginal energy is originally under the control of the spiritual energy, but under the control of the material energy, the living entities have been wandering in forgetfulness within the material world since time immemorial. The conditioned state is caused by misuse of the individual independence of the spiritual platform. Now, we are actually independent. We can choose whatever we want to do. Basically, we have two choices. Either we serve Krishna or we desist from serving Him. Um, And we chose the glorious uh, choice of desisting from the service of Krishna. And now, we are imprisoned in this material world. And just like in the prison, there are so many conditions under which you can live. So many rules and regulations, so many punishments, so many... It is very, very tightly conditioned our existence. We don't have freedom. So Similarly, we are imprisoned in this material world. Um, The conditioned state is caused by the misuse of the individual independence of, of the spiritual platform. For this separates the living entity from the association of the spiritual energy. We are separated from the spiritual world because of that misuse. But when the living entity is enlightened by the grace of the Supreme Lord, or his pure devotee and becomes inclined to revive his original state of loving service, he is on the most auspicious platform of eternal bliss and knowledge. The marginal jiva or living entity misuses his independence and becomes averse to the eternal service attitude when he independently thinks he is not energy but the energetic. We are actually the energy of Krishna, but we think we are the possessor of energy. We want to be the lord of the energy, that is the energetic. Energetic means one who possesses the energy. But we are the energy of Krishna. We are not the energetic. See? That means we don't possess all the energy of the universe. No. He possesses. And we are one of the energies of Krishna. But we were stupid enough to think that we are energetic. And that created the whole problem. This misconception of his own existence leads him to the attitude of lauding it over material nature. Material nature appears to be just the opposite of the spiritual energy. The fact is that the material energy can work only when in contact with the spiritual energy. See, our body can only work, for example, only when the soul is there. When the soul is not there, the body doesn't work. That's called a dead body. So likewise, everything in this material world is the same thing. Originally, the energy of Krishna is spiritual, but it works in diverse ways, like electrical energy, which can exhibit the functions of refrigerating or heating through its manifestations in different ways. Here, another thing is said now. Now, they may be we may understand energies as material, spiritual, inferior, superior, whatever, marginal, but actually, everything is coming from the Lord, Aham Sarvasya Prabhavo, material, spiritual and marginal energies, all emanating from Him. And therefore, Everything is actually spiritual. But, according, just like the example is given here nicely, an an electrical engineer, he knows how to manifest or how to channel that same electrical energy to either make a refrigerator, which cools, or a heater, which heats, or something which, a light, which gives light, or a fan, which spins the air. Um, It can... A channel to a computer and you can edit uh, a document or a photo or a video you can do live streams like this so uh, the same electrical energy can be channeled and made into d- different different effects now a live stream the capacity to live stream and the capacity to cool looks completely look completely different from each other but actually they're <laughs> coming from the same thing electrical energy and an expert electrician, he can ma- he knows how to manipulate and channel and exhibit in different ways. So similarly, the material and spiritual energies of the Lord are originally the property of the Lord. And it's the same energy, but he can manifest in different, different ways, like that. The material energy is spiritual energy covered by a cloud of illusion or Maya. So this is how it is the proper defining here. The material energy is spiritual energy, covered by a cloud of illusion or Maya. And when everything is used in the service of the Lord, that cloud of illusion is taken out, and everything becomes spiritualized. You see, for example, a Bhagavad Gita is is a book made of paper, made of seemingly material ingredients, but it uh, inspires us spiritually. So, it is acting actually spiritually because nothing material can actually activate the spirit soul. In fact, the material body needs the spirit soul to activate the material body. How can the material book activate our spiritual life? How can that material thing can activate our spiritual life? It is not possible. It means in other words, it is not material. Nothing material can inspire us spiritually. So, that Bhagavad Gita is spiritual. Actually, it is spiritual but when it is not used in service of the Lord, it becomes material. Now this live stream that we are doing, this is not um, material, it is spiritual because by listening to this, it is not uh, nothing about me, but it is the knowledge that is being shared here. And because we are discussing the topic of Krishna, this live stream may inspire or may enlighten some people, you see, spiritually. How can a material thing inspire spiritual? That means it is not material. It is spiritual. So, in this way, we have to understand everything. So, actually it is spiritual, but when only when it is not used in Krishna's service, it becomes material. When it is used in Krishna's service, it exhibits its real nature as spiritual. Is, we, and Yukta Vairagya principle is like, Oh, we have to spiritualize everything. Actually, everything is already spiritual. We have materialized it. Now we have to remove that materialization concept and it will exhibit the spiritual nature. It's actually that way. So the material energy, here it is said, is spiritual energy covered by a cloud of illusion. What is the cloud of illusion? What is this cloud? <laughs> the illusion, the cloud of illusion is that we think we are the owner. It is because of our illusion, the material nature is not under illusion. We are under illusion. We. And because of our illusion, we see it as material. For a spiritual, for a pure devotee, he sees everything spiritual. That's why he is not concerned whether he goes to hell or heaven or liberated. He doesn't care. Because he's always in the spiritual world. That's why. Um, so that's the reason why a devotee does not ask for liberation. Because he's already liberated. He is not under the control of material nature. Um, So material energy is spiritual energy covered by a cloud of illusion or maya. Therefore, the material energy is not self-sufficient in working. So it cannot do anything by itself, the material energy. Krishna invests His spiritual energy into material energy and then it can act, just as iron can act like fire after being heated by fire. An iron rod is an iron rod. It's not hot, it doesn't burn anything. It maybe can smash things, but it cannot burn things. But, if it is put in the fire for sufficiently long enough, then it becomes hot and hot and red hot at one point. And then, with if you touch anything with that iron rod, it will burn. So, the iron rod acts like fire now in association with fire. So this is the Yukta Vairagya principle. We use anything in Krishna's service, in the fire of Krishna consciousness, it also acts like fire, although otherwise it would not have. Like the Bhagavad Gita, the book. You cannot inspire spiritually any material thing, but when it is infused with Krishna consciousness, it acts spiritually, it doesn't act materially. The material energy can act only when empowered by the spiritual energy. Hmm? When covered by the cloud of material energy, the living entity who is also a spiritual energy of the Supreme Personality of Godhead forgets about the activities of the spiritual energy and considers all that happens in the material manifestation to be wonderful. See? He forgets about the activities of the spiritual energy and considers all that happens in the material world to be wonderful. He doesn't understand how actually everything, like scientists, they marvel at the number of stars and the expanse of space and the the biodiversity on Earth. And, you know, they are enamored by the existence of various planets. They want to explore it. They find it very wonderful and exciting, this whole material world. Although it's not a very exciting place, actually. They're excited because they hope for something different. They hope for something better. They hope for something more more interesting than they can find on this planet. But ultimately, it's gonna be the same thing. Uh, And, we don't understand really how everything is... If we understand like this, as in Bhagavad Gita and Chaitanya Saritamata, Bhagavad we don't have to waste billions and billions of dollars trying to build spacecrafts and going to the... All these activities that we see in the news, Oh, SpaceX or NASA or ISRO, which is the Indian equivalent of NASA, so, Indian Space Research Organization. So, all these, you know, space institutes, just spacing out. I mean, completely spacing out. You know, in, in American language, American, you know, lingo. Spacing out means you're just wasting time, you know. It's just, what are you doing? So, these space institutes are big time spacing out. So, because all that is unnecessary labor They think this spiritual knowledge is not important as the religious uh, dogmatic people. But we have the knowledge by which we can save so much time and we know how to travel, especially to the spiritual world, which is a worthy destination. What is the point in going to Mars or Moon? It may be glorified by a lot of people in this world who don't understand what the nature of this world. But we know from Bhagavad Gita what is the nature of this world. Ah, Brahma Lokan Punaravartin from the topmost to the bottommost planet, every planet is a place of misery. So, there is no point going into this or that planet. And this stupid um, reason that they give for why they have to explore other planets they say, Oh, it is a necessity, we will outgrow our planet. So, we need another planet to live on, and therefore, it is creating like a, um, extra residence for the human beings, and therefore, we need to explore. So, therefore, we have to build these rockets. They're trying to justify their childlike playing with these toys of you know spacecrafts um, and presenting it as something meaningful. Actually, it's not. It's stupid. Even if you find Mars or whatever, you cannot live there. Nobody can live there. Forget it. It's not. It's not that nobody can live there. There are people living there, but we can't live. We earthly beings can't live there. Yeah. And even if, say for example, take 100% Optimism and say we are able to live on Mars, still we are going to die, still we are going to grow old, still we are going to get disease and birth and rebirth. Same miseries, why are you going there? Absolute waste of time, completely waste of time. So we have to have this knowledge and So, these grand arrangements are based on a foolish idea so, what is the use of doing grand, foolish things? Instead, better is to do something even not so grand but meaningful thing, like our live stream. How many people are watching? Seven people at the moment. Seven people, huh? But if you launch, uh, I have seen um, NASA, uh, sorry, SpaceX. This Elon Musk. Uh, there was one video which was like um, his, you know, spacecraft. And then they came back and landed on Earth, and millions of people were watching, like half a million, or on on YouTube and Facebook, another half or even one million live. People were watching live these things. And uh, the other day, I think during lockdown, yeah, during lockdown actually last year, um, the spacecraft, I mean the space astronauts, they were going to the International Space Station, and they were launching. And it was a big event. And I saw how they were arranging the whole. It's a grand event, and um, when I saw it, there were 600,000 people were watching on YouTube live, and on Facebook it was about 800 or 900,000 people watching live. Here seven. <laughs> so that doesn't mean though that oh this is not important. That is important. We we give importance based on fame how famous that person is or how well known that person is or not only person or or the activity is we give hype to unnecessary things because we don't know what is actually necessary like sports so much hype basketball soccer cricket so many people are dying fans of these sports die hard fans so again they're giving importance to something which is actually not important in the grand scheme of things in the whole aim of life of a human being how important how important is uh you know putting a ball in a basket how important it is in the course of birth death old age and disease and in the after millions of years we have gotten this human form and if we misuse it we may go back to animals and another millions of years we're going to spend there and in the meantime, when we got this human form, when we could actually solve the problem of life, we spent our time training how to throw a ball in the basket or how to kick a ball into the goal or how to, you know, uh, hit a ball with a bat and, you know, across the ropes and hit it for a six. In, you know, Or the bowler in a cricket, is trying to hit at the stumps. How important are these things in the grand scheme of life? They're not are all important. They are complete distractions, complete distractions from the aim of human life. But we get infatuated with this thing, just because millions of people are watching them, they think they are important. And we also buy into that. We also believe that, oh, millions of people are watching and therefore it is important. Billions of fools are watching something, so what? Because just because millions of fools are watching something or, you know, considering something important, it becomes important in the eyes of learned people. So, we have to become learned. It is a symptom of Kali Yuga that they don't give importance to important things, but they give importance to things which are not important. So, therefore, we have to understand everything in its proper perspective and be confident and convinced that Krishna Consciousness is the only important thing in this world. And everything else is superfluous, everything else is unnecessary. It is anartha. Anartha means unwanted thing. Artha means something which is substantial, something which. Um, artha means goal, artha means the purpose, the purpose of life. Prema pumartho mahan. Our ultimate purpose is to achieve love of God and go back to Him. But anartha means something which is completely against that artha, opposite. Anartha, which is n- not the purpose of life, which is not necessary in our life, it is completely unnecessary, it's it's a distraction that is an anartha. Anartha nivritti that has to happen, and as we develop Krishna consciousness, this anartha nivritti must happen. That means we have to identify what is Artha and what is anartha, and we have to concentrate on Artha and reject everything that is anartha, that is not. In congruence with the spiritual absolute truth. But a person who is engaged in devotional service in Krishna consciousness and who is therefore already situated in the spiritual energy can understand that the material energy has no independent powers. Whatever actions are going on are due to the help of the spiritual energy. So a devotee knows everything. Like sometimes people ask, does a tree have a soul? Of course it does. How is the tree developing? Why am I saying that? See, a, a person engaged in full devotional service and who is already therefore in, situated in spiritual energy can understand that the material energy has no independent powers. Whatever actions are going on are due to the help of the spiritual energy. So if the tree is go, growing, he understands that it cannot grow on its own. It needs help from the spiritual energy which is the soul. Unless the soul is there, the tree will not grow. So, of course, the soul tree has soul. And what is a dead tree then? Why doesn't it develop? What happened? The soul left. It's as simple as that. So, a devotee can see all these things. If something is moving, there is a soul behind it. Who is the soul? So, like that, he, he will know everything. The material energy, which is a perverted form of the spiritual energy, presents everything pervertedly thus causing misconceptions and duality. Material scientists and philosophers conditioned by the spell of material energy suppose that material energy acts automatically, and therefore they are frustrated like an illusioned person who tries to get milk from the nipple-like bunches of skin on the neck of a goat. The material energy, which is a perverted form of the spiritual energy, presents everything pervertedly. What is pervertedly? Opposite. You know, like a perverted reflection. At the bank of a lake, there is a tree. But we will see from here, the reflection of the tree as upside down. Urdhvam olam adhashakham ashvattham And Bhagavad Gita explains that tree. Purushottam Yoga, the first chap, first verse of that 15th chapter. Sri Bhagavanu Vacha, 15.1 molam shakham, prahu ravyayam, yastam The Supreme Law, Personality of God has said, it is said that there is an imperishable banyan tree that has its roots upward and its branches down and whose leaves are the Vedic hymns. One who knows this tree is the knower of the Vedas. So this is the material tree, which is a perverted reflection of the spiritual tree. So, material scientists and philosophers, conditioned by the spell of material nature, suppose that material energy acts automatically. They think that material energy acts automatically and therefore they are frustrated like an illusioned person who tries to get milk from the nipple-like bunches of skin on the neck of a goat. As there is no possibility of getting milk from these bunches of skin, there is similarly no possibility that anyone will be successful in understanding the original cause of creation by putting forward theories produced by the material energy. Such an attempt is a manifestation of ignorance. Now, here, very clearly it is said, Now, scientists and philosophers, they're trying to know what is this material world and how it all began and everything. They come up with theories like the Big Bang Theory and stuff. Now, what they do not understand is the theory that they create is itself a product of Maya, material energy. The material energy is already there, illusory. And they are seeing it from a conditioned perspective. They don't see things as they are. We think we see things as, as they are and therefore we say seeing is believing. If I see it, I believe it. But how can we believe our seeing in the first place? <laughs> my point is, if I see it, I believe it. But how can I believe my seeing? I am seeing in a distorted way. Like the sun itself is so big, like millions of times the size of the earth. But we are seeing it as a small spot in the sky. Our eyes are deceiving us. It is not the truth. It is not a f- bright spot in the sky. It is a huge planet. Millions of times the size of the- We can't see that. We can't see it like that. Only from the textbooks we can understand, oh, it is far away, this, this, this. But how do we understand otherwise? Uh, so our eyes, when we say seeing is believing... Then if I see the sun as a small spot, I believe it's a small spot. Do I do that? Only a fool would do that. So, a fool would immediately believe what he sees. We have to come out of this wrong, understand, wrong way of acquiring knowledge. We cannot simply believe what we see. We have too much belief in our seeing system when our eyes are itself defective. We have a defective instrument and we have full faith in that instrument that it will give us perfect knowledge. How come? How foolish we are. We think we are perfect enough that you know um, whatever we do or see or perceive is perfect. So, if I can see it understand it okay, fine it is understood it is good. We should not be so proud of our facility or our faculties that we have. We should understand that our position is entirely defective and we cannot see anything properly or hear or anything so therefore, um, these scientists they try putting forward So many theories. Their theories are coming from their intelligence, which is contaminated by Maya. So actually these theories are themselves products of Maya. Material energy. They don't actually clarify the truth. In fact, they confuse us even more. They only produce more doubts. For example, the Big Bang Theory. How did they come up with that theory? Because they saw that everything is expanding, everything is moving away from each other. They have been observing the telescopes and everything. You know, the distances between, you know, something, planet, they observe maybe some, actually they cannot observe much, but, you know, they have concluded, which is actually rightly so, that everything is expanding. Because from the seed of the universe, it actually expands, That is there. But, uh, how much they can actually see? What expanding, what, what, what they can actually see? Anyway, they saw that, okay, it's expanding. So, that means, in the past, it was smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And one point in the past, it was just a point, which somehow exploded. Because in their understanding, if anything can expand, it can only happen because of something like an explosion. You know, like it sends shock waves, all the you know ripples of shock waves. That's the only example they have, you know. So they put that example as, a, you know. But then, does it actually clarify? The, the, the conundrum of creation. It actually does not. It complicates the conundrum. Because now, if something has exploded, the next investigation, if a bomb explodes, for example, in, in a city, what is the immediate thing, of course? Okay, first thing is they will try to save the people who are there. And Once that is done, next immediate step. First of all, people are sometimes killed, sometimes... So, it's not even a pleasant thing. Nothing creative happens. Only destruction happens with a Big Bang. And they say creation started with a Big Bang. How can an explosion create something? It destroys whatever is created. So that's one perplexity there. Next. Anything that... If, if there is a Big Bang, who has detonated that Big Bang? That's the next investigation that should happen. The police should actually investigate if a bomb has been set off. They should investigate who is the one who did this. Who is the culprit. Who is terrorist or whatever. So they have to... Clarify that every time it goes back to the person who has who is responsible for this no when we investigate everything the whole investigation is to find out the person behind this 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 whole thing so why there is no investigation about the person who started that big bang so who is that person that's another puzzle that can't be solved by the scientists though so it always leads to a very imperfect vague understanding actually no, it's not even understanding it, it complicates things nothing is cli- clear in their uh, views see uh, this is by the power of Maya and that is explained in Srimad Bhagavatam 64 31 You see here, Yachakta Yova the Tamva the Nam Vai Viva the Samva the Bhuvo Bhavanti Kurvanti Chaisam Mohuratma Moham Tasmainamonanta Gunaya Bhune. Let me offer my respectful obeisances under the all pervading Supreme Personality of Godhead, who possesses unlimited transcendental qualities acting from within the cores of the hearts of all philosophers and scientists, who, like philosophers. So acting from the cores of, all, of the hearts of all philosophers who propagate various views, he causes them to forget their own souls while sometimes agreeing and sometimes disagreeing among themselves. Thus he creates within this material world a situation in which they are unable to come to a conclusion. I offer my obeisances unto him. See that? He is acting as Paramatma from the cause of their hearts and confusing them, clouding them with this material energy, Maya. And therefore, whatever theories or whatever seeming knowledge they have um, acquired about this material nature is itself a product of material nature. And that's why it's called in Bhagavad Gita, Mayaya Apahartak Knowledge stolen by illusion. And it gives us a sense of knowledge even though we are illusioned like there are so many in fact there is this very uh, it's like a it, it's a person who made this video on youtube um he showed optical illusions how optical illusions illusion our seeing, and how magicians and illusion artists take advantage of our defective perception and even Yeah, magicians and illusion artists, yes. They take advantage of our defective perception and they trick us. Why do people pay for magic? Magic shows. Why do people go there? And why do people watch? Why? They enjoy being illusioned. They enjoy being cheated. They pay for being cheated. See, when a a rabbit is coming out of a hat, of a magician, he did not create a, ra- uh, a rabbit out of thin air. He, he there is a trick, but we just can't understand how did he do it, how he did it. So it looks wonderful, and we pay for that, that thrill which we get by being illusioned. <laughs> this is, you see, then we pay to be cheated, and in every, every facet of life, this is going on we pay for our education system which is actually honestly cheating us from our goal of life and it is presenting us science so called which is atheistic which does not give us any idea of what actually the truth is they don't this is science what we are discussing here in detail how the universe is created and how uh, the karana yogeshwara vishnu we are talking about this is the origin of universe not some big bang So this is science, we are learning a science lesson here, but this is free. Anybody can join, but now 10 people are online. And in the universities, thousands of dollars, the students go into debt by student loan. And for the next 10, 20 years, they're trying to pay off that debt for knowledge, which is not even science, it's just speculations called some theories, give, the, give it a nice name, theory. Oh, Einstein's theory, Max Planck's theory, this theory or that theory. And they're not certain of anything and they created a theory of uncertainty also. There is a theory of uncertainty by Heisenberg, the Heisenberg principle. You know, I, I remember learning that in the um, secondary school or I think my junior college. So, the uncertainty principle, the Heisenberg principle. Some scientist, Heisenberg, he came up with this principle that actually uncertainty. You know, we are not certain about things. We don't know the position of the electron, the proton, what. So basically, actually, that's the thing they are not certain of anything. They are just creating what is a the theory and what is a fact. We have to be concerned with facts, not th- theories are products of the illusioned intelligence of a person or a group of persons that's the theory they have postulated a theory a, a, a explanation according to their own imperfect brains about what would have been the cause or what would be the truth according to their their perception that is a theory but why why should i listen to this person and not listen to the perfect person, God, who is presenting facts because He has created everything. And He knows best how it is created. And He's explaining us so that we can understand what He created. And why shouldn't we take that perfect source of knowledge? This is the stupidity of... And we pay for it. How much stupid we are. They are cheating us fine, they are stupid oh, they are rascals, we are those rascals. we are the ones who are fueling those rascals. right? So we have to become intelligent and understand that this is not knowledge. we are paying to be cheated. And nowadays there are some even in the spiritual so-called circle, there are so many quacks, rascals and complete nonsense I mean animals coming in the form of yogis, um, swamis, and gurus and all these things and people they have millions of followers it's just very very frustrating to see that <laughs> honestly how much people are cheated and they pay to get cheated and they have these people have courses which are hundreds or sometimes thousands of dollars and people go for them but when we say free you no know, free means it doesn't even cost a cent How cheap it is. That's how they see it. So maybe we should also start charging. Then people will pay. Ah, this is something. Let's be honest. So we have to know from the Shastra then everything becomes clear, you see. So, as there is no possibility of getting milk from these bunches of skin, there is similarly no possibility that anyone will be successful in understanding the original cause of creation by putting forward theories produced by the material energy. They think they are coming, with, coming up with some theory? No, they are haunted by the ghost of Maya. Um, uh, what is that? Pishachi paile jena mati channa hoi. Maya grastha jiver hoi shai bhava This is by, uh, I think, Pandit Jagadananda. He wrote in his book, Prema Vivarta, that Pishachi paele jena mati channa hoi. Pishachi paele. You know, a ghost, when it haunts someone, captures someone, then our, our mental position, our psychological position is covered or taken over, kidnapped by that Pisachi, that ghost. And we act in delirious ways. We act in weird ways, chaotic ways. And... Mm, Maya hoy bhava udai. One who is similarly captured by the ghost of Maya is similarly haunted and he speaks nonsense and he does nonsense. You know, that's why these so called scientists and all these materialistic people or so called gurus, swamis, whatever they are, if they are not repeating the word of Krishna, they are talking nonsense. Srimad Bhagavatam 2.5.13 The illusory energy of the Lord cannot take precedence. It means the illusory energy of the Lord cannot be more than the Lord. In fact, she is ashamed. The illusory energy of the Lord cannot take precedence being ashamed of her position. because. You see, just like a thief or a thief, he thinks he's a big hero. Oh, he has cracked the code, he has robbed a bank or whatever. But when he is caught, he he hangs his head down. When you know news report, when you see the news coverage of some you know criminal or something, when they're handed you know taken by the police and handcuffed and into them, and when the cameras are you know following him, he, he puts his head down. They're ashamed of their actually their actions. And Maya the illusory energy is similarly ashamed. Although that is her service to make us into illusion, her whole job is to cheat the people who are under her control and make them think they're very knowledgeable. Actually, they're fools. So her whole job is very condemned job, but she, that is her service. <laughs> she has a service which is <laughs> condemnable. It's like it's not a very um, proud thing to do to cheat somebody. Right? But that's, that's what she does. Therefore, the illusory energy of the Lord cannot take precedence being ashamed of her position. But those who are bewildered by her, conditioned souls like us, always talk nonsense. The actual word is here. Vikatante. Talk nonsense being absorbed in thoughts of it is I and it is mine or it is ours. So, all that we are learning in the form of education and everything in this world is nonsense because there is no sense in that. Sense is here, what Krishna is talking about. What we are learning in this live stream, this is sense. Hmm. We are learning the real science lesson, we are learning the real history lessons. We are learning real geography even. People don't even know how earth is situated. They don't know. The scientists think they know. They don't know. They do not know how the earth is situated, how the moon is situated, how the sun is situated. Absolutely they don't know. They think they know. They think they have gone to the moon. They have not gone to the moon. Cheating again. Talking nonsense. And we are believing. So in ver- various different ways, um, we are being cheated. And we... Agree to pay, you know, like there is a... robot gave that example of a, um, an exhibition, where this man conducts a show. Hey, I'm gonna make all these animal sounds. I'm gonna bark like a dog, I'm gonna meow like the cat, I'm gonna moo like the cow, I'm gonna roar like the lion, I'm gonna, you know, do the sound of the insect, whatever that is. Hum like a bird or whatever. So, If he makes a show like that and he imitates all these animals, people will pay for tickets and attend that show or they will pay for their cable TV or whatever it is or Netflix or whatever show wherever that is hosted and they will pay for it to watch it when it's an imitation of reality. When a person is imitating a dog, people pay for it. But there are millions of dogs barking every day nobody pays to see the real dog they want to see the imitation of the dog they want to see the imitation of the monkey the lion the the bird and everything so they rather pay for imitation than the real thing that's always the case in this material world such an attempt of you know, putting forward these theories and everything is a manifestation of ignorance. The scientists think they are the most knowledgeable, the most intellectual IQ 160, IQ 200, 300, 500, 1000 whatever. They have IQ zero. According to here, ignorance zero they know. I think they are big, big intellectual persons. They are, the intelligence became zero because of the influence of Maya. Even being zero, they think they are hero. This is the influence of Maya. And the influence of yoga Maya is that the, the devotee who is actually a hero thinks himself zero. And in the material world, by the influence of Maya, Mahamaya, he is actually zero, but he thinks he is a hero. This is the uh, <laughs> paradox. So. The material energy of the Supreme Personality of Godhead is called Maya or illusion because in two capacities, by supplying the material elements and by causing the material manifestation, it makes the conditioned soul unable to understand the real truth of creation. By supplying the material ingredients, which is the, one of the supplies is the intelligence that we have. It's also supplied by the material nature. The intelligence which we think is the tool to understand various things you know the truth of creation that very intelligence is the supply of the material nature and the material manifestation so the pradhana and the prakriti the pradhana is the material elements and the prakriti is the material manifestation so the ingrediential cause and the effective cause the effect effective cause means the, the effect you know so, like that. So, this in two capacities makes the conditioned soul unable to understand the real truth of creation. However, when a living entity is liberated from the conditioned life of matter, he can understand the two different activities of material nature, namely covering and bewildering, Prakshepatmika and Avaranatmika. Avaranatmika is covering, and Prakshepatmika is bewildering or throwing us from the truth, throwing us away from the truth. The origin of creation is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. As confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita 9.10, the cosmic manifestation is working under the direction of the Supreme Lord, who invests the material energy with three material qualities. Agitated by these qualities, the elements supplied by the material energy produce varieties of things, just as an artist produces varieties of pictures by mixing the three colors, red, yellow and blue, which are the primary colors, And then from mixture of these colors, you get millions of colors. And with millions of colors, you can draw paintings. You know, and different kinds of paintings. The artist can draw so many things with colors. With the three primary colors. And then mix them in different permutations and combinations. And you get all this variety. And with that variety, you can create so many things. And, you know, in this way, an artist produces... So Similarly, Krishna is the perfect artist with the mixture of these three modes, he, you know, brings forth this massive creation and very artistic. Same. Yellow represents the quality of goodness, red represents the passion and blue represents ignorance. Therefore, the colorful material creation is but an interaction of these three qualities represented in 81, dif- 81 varieties of mixtures. 3 times 3 equaling 9, 9 times 10, 9 equaling, does 81, thus equaling 81. Diluted by material energy and actually 81 is just, you know, like 3 times 3, you get 9 and 9 times 9, 81 and 81 times 81, you can go on like through, to infinity. That's why we have infinite variety. See, deluded by material energy the conditioned soul enamored by these 81 varieties of manifestations wants to lord it over material energy just as a moth wants to enjoy a fire and what happens? burnt to death so we are being burned in the fire of samsara the forest fire of the material world material energy deluded, enamored Just like the firefly wants to, or the moth wants to enter the... He's enamored by the fire, he's attracted by the fire, by the brilliance of fire. So Similarly, the material world appears brilliant and, you know, effulgent. But actually, it's, it's like the fire. The illusion is the net result of the conditioned soul's forgetfulness of his eternal relationship with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. When conditioned, the soul is impelled by the material energy, ...to engage in sense gratification... ...whereas one enlightened by the spiritual energy... ...engages himself in the service of the Supreme Lord... ...in his eternal relationship. Krishna is the original cause of the spiritual world... ...and he is... ...the covered cause of the material manifestation. See that? Covered cause. Not immediately visible. Just like... ...the potter... ...is the covered cause of the pot. Not immediately... I mean actually he is visible... Like for example, another Tesla car produced by Elon Musk. But you don't see Elon Musk in the factory actually producing the car and you know turning the you know nut and bolt and no, he's not doing all that. You don't find him there. He but he, without him, this whole company is not working. He is the one calling the shots. But he has his diverse energies that he has delegated his powers to, and using those powers, using those. You know uh, facilities he is manufacturing these cars so similarly krishna is the original cause of the spiritual world and he is the covered cause of the material world so just like the elon musk is like the covered cause of the tesla car he's not immediately there in the factory actually fixing the bolts and nuts but he is the background of the entire manufacturing process so like that he is both the leader Krishna is both the leader and maintainer of the living entities who are called the marginal potency because they can act under the protection of spiritual energy or under the cover of material energy. With the help of the spiritual energy, we can understand the independence... Sorry. With the help of the spiritual energy, we can understand that independence is visible only in Krishna, who by his inconceivable energy is able to act in any way he likes. You see, The Supreme Personality of Godhead See, we can only understand that with the help of spiritual energy, which is represented by Srimati Radharani. That's why we chant Hare Krishna. Why chanting Hare Krishna? Because Hare means the spiritual energy, Radharani. With her energy, with her help, sorry, we can understand the independence. We can understand that independence is visible only in Krishna. Only he is the independent. Everybody else is dependent on him. To understand this fact, you know, this Bahunam Janmanamanthi Gyanavanam Prapadyate, that to have their understanding is um, possible by the grace of the internal energy, by the spiritual energy. That's why we are chanting Radharani's name Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. We can't just understand Krishna without the help of Hara or the Radharani. Just Krishna, Krishna, we cannot. That's why we are. Begging the mercy of Radharani, so that we can understand these things, especially so that we can actually be reinstated in our original position of serving Him. Hmm. So, Supreme Personality of Godhead is the absolute whole, and the living entities are part of, parts of the absolute whole. This relationship of the Supreme Personality of Godhead and the living entities is eternal. One should never mistakenly think that the spiritual whole can be divided into small parts by the small material energy. This is actually the philosophy of the Mayavadis. The spiritual energy, the infinite Brahman, is now divided by these shells of the bodies. It's like Ghatakash, Patakash, Ghatakash, you know, Ghat means pot the sky in the pot, or the space in the pot, and the space that is outside, it appears two different things. The space that is enclosed within a pot, and the space which is outside. They are separated by this shell, or the covering, called the pot. Now, when that covering is broken, the space inside mixes with the space outside. So, similarly, they say, Mayavadis say, we are similarly covered Brahman. Our body is covering that Brahman, the part of the original unlimited sky of Brahman, impersonal Brahman. And the demigods may be a bigger pot. They are covering more of that impersonal Brahman. And we are smaller pots. Animals are even small, like that. But it is the same Brahman. This is their understanding of Sarvam Khalvidam Brahman. And The only thing that is separating us from merging with the infinite Brahman is the shell of the material body that we have, the conditioning. So, somehow or other, um, give up this shell. So, commit suicide? (laughs) Well, spiritually they are. But it's not exactly by committing suicide. Because if you commit suicide, again you have to take another birth. Again another shell. We are contained in another shell. So, that's their understanding. My understanding, not our understanding. So, therefore, to completely stop this, we have to come out of karma, which is actually keeping us um, being covered by the shell of material body. So, that's why they try to stop all activities, stop the karma and do nothing. Do nothing. This is how they come to this conclusion of impersonal Brahman and doing nothing and, and all these things, nothingness. This is their foolish philosophy. But... Vaishnavas say, are we pots? The material... see the Brahman... That is why it is said here, one should never mistakenly think that the spiritual whole can be divided into small parts by the small material energy. That means a spiritual energy, big energy, is now cut up. Cut into the small, 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 small parts. Is that the case? Then Bhagavad Gita, this verse will have no meaning. This verse here, tw- second chapter, if you see 23rd verse and 24th verse it is said here nainam chindanti nainam the soul can never be cut in, cut to pieces by any weapon any weapon what is a weapon metal which is what earth how can earth Cut the spirit soul. Our body is made of earth also. If we consider this as a weapon which is cutting the infinite spirit soul into small small parts, how can we be cut in the first place? The soul can never be cut. Nainam chindandi. It cannot be cut. Next verse also. Achhedyoyam. Unbreakable. Achhedya. So, anything that is spirit, whether the spirit, atomic soul or the supreme soul cannot be cut to pieces. That's why Krishna has said, The living entities in this conditioned world are my eternal fragmental part. Now, fragment, what is a fragment? Cut away, right? But they are not fragment-like fragment usually means cut away but here he said eternal fragments that means they have always been cut away they were never at one point merged with me and now they separate from me and they're going again merge back with me no they are my eternal fragmental part they are always separate it has always been like that they were never separated at some point we were not like one with the Lord and then we became separate, something else. No. Eternal fragments. We were always separate and we will continue to be separate. And that's why Krishna said in the second chapter of Bhagavad Gita 2.12 Never was there a time when I did not exist, nor you, nor all these kings nor in the future shall any of us cease to be the Ghatakash the, the sky in the pot has the name sky in the pot only when the pot is there when the pot is broken it is no more called sky in the pot it is called sky so our identity is I mean it's not ours it's the explanation you see how foolish it is that means our identity is only there when this pot is there so the pot is giving us that identity of sky in the pot so that is not correct uh, if the pot was not there we do not have a separate identity that means we become nothingness this is spiritual suicide and they try to also commit sp- this is Mayavadi's imperfect philosophy yeah? <coughs> The Bhagavad Gita does not support. You see, one should never mistakenly think that the spiritual whole can be divided into small parts by the small material energy. <clears throat> the Bhagavad Gita does not support this Mayavad theory. Rather, it clearly states that the living entities are eternally small fragments of the supreme spiritual whole. <clears throat> As a part can never be equal with the whole, so a living entity has a minute fragment of the spiritual whole cannot be equal at any time to the supreme whole, the absolute personality of Godhead. Although the supreme lord and the living entities are quantitatively related as the whole and the parts, the parts are nevertheless qualitatively one with the whole. In quality, we are one with the supreme lord. In quantity, we are different. Hmm. Like a drop of the ocean is salty, 35% salt, and the ocean also has 35% salt. So quality-wise, same. Quantity-wise, micrograms of salt and tons and tons of salt so that is why sometimes sometimes people ask why why we are here in the material world if everything is so good then why we are here in the spiritual world everything is so good and why we, we come to this material world why did Krishna send us no he did not send us we misused our independence because we are part we are qualitatively one with the Lord the Lord is infinite so his independence is infinite he can do whatever he likes and we being only a part of that infinite Lord, We have the quality of independence because we are qualitatively one with Him. But our quantity of independence is very small. We have only two choices. Either we can serve Krishna or we (coughs) choose not to. That is the choice we have. So, and we took the wrong choice. And that's why we are being punished. So, it is our independence. It is our qualitative nature. You say, why Krishna allowed us to do it then? No, that independence we have. Otherwise, if we don't have that independence, then we are not qualitatively one with the Lord. We are not part and parcel of the Lord. Right? So by definition, we have the, the independence is part of our definition. That minute independence. And we could have used it properly, but we misused it. And that's why we are suffering. And that's why even finally Krishna, when he spoke the Bhagavad Gita, he said, Yathe kuru. Do as you please. So he still left Arjuna with the independence but this time he armed him with knowledge and then reminded him of his independence. Now with knowledge he actually uh, used his independence properly. He said Karishye Tava, I will do whatever you say Krishna. But before because he was in ignorance he misused the independence. So the independence is never taken away but the knowledge or the lack of it thereof uh, creates our situation where we use or misuse our independence. With knowledge, we use our independence. With ignorance, we misuse our independence. See? <clears throat> so, Krishna, what Krishna does is he helps us with knowledge. He does not take away the independence. But a person in knowledge, jnana mam prapadyate, he voluntarily... Surrenders his independence to the Lord. Bhavantam evanu charan nirantaram, prashantanishesham manorathantaram. Bhavantam evanu charan. Yes. This verse by Yamunacharya, Madhilila 1.206. Bhavanta meva nucharanirantaraha, prashanta nishesha, manorathantaraha, kadaha mai kantika nitya kinkara, praharsha yishyami sanatha jivitam. Sanatha jivitam, not anatha jivitam. Anatha means orphan. I don't want to be an orphan. I want to be sanatha. I want to be protected. I want to be sheltered by the Lord. I want Him to be my natha. Anatha means I have no Lord. Natha. No protector. No guardian. I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be an orphan. I want to be Sanatha Jivitam. Praharsha Because then I can be happy, full of happiness. And Aikantika Kadaham. When can I become your exclusive servant? What am I doing? Okay. Aikantika nitya kinkara, nitya means eternal, kinkara means servant. Aikantika means eka, eka means one. Aikantika means exclusive, only alone to you, Krishna. When can I be like that? Instead of being a servant of this and this and this and this material things and material masters. So he's saying, by serving you constantly, one is freed from all material desires and is completely pacified. When shall I engage as your permanent eternal servant and always feel joyful to have such a fitting master? I want to be a slave. I want want a master that is you Krishna. I am now a slave to Maya, but I'm thinking I'm the big master. But actually I want to become a slave of you Krishna. Uh, I want to be under your protection. See that? So a person in knowledge voluntarily surrenders his independence to krishna and then said, no i don't want this anymore. i want to be dependent on you that is use proper use of our independence hmm. but when we want to experiment with our independence and try out different experiments then krishna will send us to this laboratory of this material world you do your experiments here you be the experiment you experiment with yourself and see whether, you know, the, when the chemical, you know, mix with another chemical in the laboratory, phew, one <laughs> explosion will come. Uh, you One by one, you experience those explosions and fire, samsara, dava, nalali, Haloka. So, you experience all those, you know, that's why a child is not, a school student is not allowed into the laboratory, without the guidance of a, a, I mean, a lecturer or teacher or laboratory assistant, right? Why? Because the child may mix something and then everything will explode and you'll get injured. But we wanted to do that. Okay. We sneaked into this laboratory of material world and here in this lab we're experimenting with ourselves and mixing with these different ingredients and qualities of gunas of this material world. Goodness, passion, ignorance. And then we're exploding. (laughs) We are getting injured here in this laboratory. This is what happens when we experiment with our uh, minute independence. So, I mean, the child, I mean Prabhupada gave his example right, his friend came to his home when he was a Grihasta, when he was a householder and they were talking and then Prabhupada's son was a small boy, there was a fan, table fan and this boy wanted to put his hand into the fan. Every time Prabhupada was like you know taking his hand off and that, that was disturbing the conversation. So, at one point his friend said, you know, you you let him touch the fan. You put the fan at low speed, lowest speed, and let him touch a little bit. So Prabhupada actually did that, and oh, he, he you know he immediately understood. Hey, this is dangerous. And then even then he will not disturb the conversation anymore because he will not try again. <laughs> Once bitten, twice shy. So that's what Krishna letter us. That's why Krishna let us here in this material world. He definitely gave us the counsel not to go, not to come here. But we were adamant. We wanted to experiment. Okay. Try it out. Put your hand in the fan. And we are putting that hand in the fan now. Now we are in the process of putting. For millions and trillions of years, we are putting that hand in the fan. (laughs) That baby understood in a a second that this is dangerous. But we are here for millions and trillions of years. We haven't understood it. We are thinking that hitting of the fan, the the finger hitting the fan, that is happiness. Out of illusion, we are thinking like that. The fan is cutting our finger and then we think, Oh, this is happiness. This is how foolish we have become. So, Jnana Vaan You know? Nashta Moha Smritir Labdha. Mayachuta. Sitosmi Gatasandeha. Karishe Vachanam tava What did Arjuna said? My illusion is gone. Now I am no more in ignorance. So now, I know what to do with my independence. Because... Krishna said this. Krishna said, Yathe tha, Do what you wish to do. Right? I have explained to you everything knowledge. So I have now armed you with knowledge. I am still not taking over the independence. You decide what to do. Then Arjuna, having been enlightened with the knowledge, he said, 73, 1873, Nashto, nashto moha smritilabdha." prasadhaan maya chuta gata sandeha my sandeha all my doubts gata finished gone no more now I am situated in that position where my doubts are completely nullified now I am clear about what I need to do karishye vachanam tava Arjuna said my dear Krishna O infallible one my illusion is now gone I have regained my memory by your mercy I am now firm and free from doubt and I am prepared to act according to instructions that's it done so this is what happens with knowledge. So, our preaching of Krishna Consciousness is not to control somebody or to make him a slave hey, become Krishna servant but to enlighten him with knowledge and of course, training also involves some pushing. Like Krishna also pushed Arjuna. He said, you're a fool, you're talking nonsense. What are you talking? So this is re- required in the, in the process of educating. Like today morning, Srimad Bhagavatam class, Prabhu very nicely said, In uh, in Bhagavad Gita, Krishna only mildly chastised Arjuna. He said, Arjuna, you are talking like a big scholar, but a scholar would not lament on the subject matter which you are, not, which you are lamenting upon. In other words, you are not a scholar, you are a fool. But he did not say that directly. He said, you are talking like a scholar, but a scholar would not lament upon the subject matter that you are lamenting upon. Now you understand the meaning of my words. So, like that he left it. So, of course, it means you are a fool, but he t- said it nicely. But in the Bhagavatam, Sunda Prabhu showed nicely, that, Saiva Gokhara, you are a cow or ass. Eh? Then another verse in the Bhagavatam, eh? you are like a dog, ass and goat. And other place it is said, you are fit, food, uh, food fit for jackals. You know, this is actually a 2742 of Bhagavatam, but also quoted in madhyalila 6.135. Mm-hmm. Today morning Prabhu was showing this, very nicely He was explaining. How Krishna is very, you know, chastising us with very strong words. 135, sorry. 135. Hmm? Not this. Wait a second. Shrigala. 235. Oh. 6.235 dot Shriga- Shrigala. This is what I remember. Shrigala means jackal. Swash <laughs> <laughs> regal of Hakshie Yasham saesha bhagavan daya yedananta Sarvatmana sritapado yadinir yoli kam Tedus <laughs> taram atitaranti chadeva mayam naisham mama hamitidhi him. Swash regal of Hakshie. A person who is in the wrong conception of life, thinking himself the body. (laughs) When a person takes shelter of the lotus feet of the Supreme Personality of Godhead without reservation, the unlimited merciful Lord bestows his causeless mercy upon him. So, to one who has surrendered, he will bestow his mercy. Thus, he can pass over the insurmountable ocean of nations. But, the other one. those Those whose intelligence is fixed in the bodily conception, who think I am this body, are fit food for dogs and jackals. In not even saying that they are food for uh, they are jackals or dogs. They are food for j- food, uh, jack- jackals and dogs. The Supreme Lord never bestows His mercy upon such people. And in another word, another verse it is said they are like the worms. Yeah, worm. Uh, what is that verse? Um, what is the difference between 11, 13, 8? Yeah. No, that is Swakarajavat. No, that not 11:13:08. Well, one second. <laughs> let me look at my own notes uh just give me a second here just trying to sh- open today's notes ah 112621 okay here we go 11 26 twenty one look at that one mam sarut different tune Twanmam Saruti Rasyanu Medo Majasthi Samhato Wind Mutra Puye Ramatam Kriminam Kiyadantaram amazing what difference is there between ordinary worms and people and persons who try to enjoy this material body composed of skin, flesh, blood, muscle, fat, marrow, bone, stool, urine and pus. Tvak means skin. Mamsa means flesh. Rudhira means blood. Snayu, muscle. Medha, meda means fat. Majja, marrow, bone marrow. Asthi, bone. Osteoporosis, you know, osteo, everything the Connected with the bone is osteo, right? That is coming from asthi. So anyway, samhatao compose, wit, stool, mutra, urine, puye, pus, ramatham, enjoying. The worms enjoy all these flesh. You know, in our body, there are so many worms, right? They are enjoying these things and we are also enjoying this body, which is... We see, oh, man sees a woman, oh, beautiful. What is that? The worm is also thinking, wow, this is beautiful pus, this is beautiful stool beautiful mucus that's exactly what it is and we are also thinking the same thing so that's why it is said what difference is there between ordinary worms and persons who try to enjoy this material body composed of skin flesh, blood, muscle fat, marrow, bones, stool, urine and pus so we are compared to worms we are compared to food for jackals we are compared with ass, dog goat you know this is very strong words, you know. <laughs> so, we have to understand that we have we are actually servant of Krishna and we have to be Sanatha Jivitam. Praharsha Ishyami Sanatha Jivitam. Hmm. Although the Supreme Law and the living entities are quantitatively related as the whole and the parts, the parts are nevertheless qualitatively one with the whole. Thus, the living entities, although quali- always qualitatively one with the law, Supreme Lord, are in a relative position. We are relative to the Lord. <clears throat> the Supreme Personality of Godhead is the controller of everything and the living entities are always controlled. The Lord is not related to anything. He is Swarat. He is independent. But we are dependent. And when there is a dependency, we are dependent on someone. And that is becomes relation now. When we, have, when we have a dependency on someone, that is a relation. A person who is independent, he is not in a relation. Hmm. Like <laughs> a man, if he wants to be dependent, then he will marry, then he wants a wife, then he wants to be dependent. He wants to depend on her for his, you know, daily life or whatever. So, because he wants a dependency, he enters into a relationship. So, when we are, and if he doesn't want any, you know, uh, dependency, then he can remain um, without any relation. He can remain brahmachari. So, uh, we by nature are dependent on the Lord. Hmm. And if we can understand that, then we don't have to remain dependent on any material circumstance. Now, we are trying to remain material dependent on the material circumstance you see um, like the monkey who is on a branch but the branch itself is not stable we are dependent on these things atma asat swapi desham pramatta nidhanam pashanna Pina deha kalatra we become dependent this is explained Bhagavatam 214. We now consider ourselves dependent on uh, we take as our shelter all these things. Persons devoid of Atma Tattva do not inquire into the problems of life, being too attached to the fallible soldiers like the body, children, and wife. Although sufficiently inexpe- uh, uh, sorry, although sufficiently experienced, they still do not see their inevitable destruction. It's not if I am sitting on a branch of a tree. And the branch is going to break, then I will also fall down. How can I take shelter of a branch which is not stable? That's what we are doing. We are depending on false things which are which are flimsy things. Huh. We should take shelter of the Lord, which is not flimsy shelter, which is solid shelter, concrete, like you know. Even concrete may fall apart in an earthquake, but the Lord will never. So, that's solid, we have to take shelter of the Lord's Lotus Feet. So, when we try to become independent, then we suffer. The Supreme Personality of Godhead um, is the controller of everything and the living entities are always controlled, either by by the spiritual energy or by the material energy. Therefore, a living entity can never become the controller of material or spiritual energies. The natural position of the living being is always as a subordinate of the supreme personality of Godhead. When one agrees to act in such a position, he attains perfection in life. But if one rebels against this principle, he is in the conditioned state. So I think we'll stop here. Uh, It's almost 10 o'clock and we'll take some questions. Today only we were able to cover basically one verse, two verses. Actually 265 we already saw last. We, but that was just a recap and two I mean 566 565 we saw so we only could cover one verse today but it's all right uh, at least we understand what we are what we are whatever we are reading at least understanding it in full Not, no point scrubbing through a whole number of verses without proper understanding so I thought because it's a quite a deep explanation so we understand everything properly. Alright, I think we'll stop there and we will see what questions we have. Sunita Sharma Mataji. She's asking Hare Krishna, please tell us again how Sadashiva is also involved when Mahavishnu creates the material worlds. Good question. So actually I recommend that you wait till Advaita Acharya's explanation, the the chapter that is Advaita Acharya. There we will explain because Advaita Acharya is expansion, or he uh, is incarnation of Mahavishnu and Sadashiva. So basically, in very brief uh, explanation, Mahavishnu glances over the material energy, and he is impregnating it. Um, the Shivalinga is actually nothing but the union of the genitals of Shiva and Parvati. That's why the Shivalinga shape is like that. You know the, the base that is the um, genital of uh, representing the genital of Parvati and uh, uh, the you know this thing is the genital of Lord Shiva so that is what it actually represents Shivalinga so that is the generating principle so that the father and mother of the entire universe Shiva and Parvati <coughs> so that Shivalinga is actually the um, the impregnation of the material world with, uh, by Mahavishnu. So, that glance of Mahavishnu which impregnates this material world is transformed into Sadashiva. So, that is the, uh, that glance is manifested as Sadashiva. So, therefore, Shiva directly comes in contact with the material nature. Whereas the Lord, Mahavishnu, He never comes in contact with the material. He sees from far. Actually, if you see the verse before this, The first Purusha casts his glance at Maya from a distance. Very, very far distance. So he doesn't come in contact with the Maya. So his glance or the rays of his effulgence come in contact. And that... Contact is actually Lord Shiva so the Lord Shiva has direct contact that's why the Shivalinga the genitals of you know Shiva and Parvati they are actually touching and that's what happened that is sexual union right so that is generating principle of this material world so so the glance of Mahavishnu is transformed as Sadashiva but because he is in direct touch with Maya therefore it is he is compared to yogurt, which has touch of the uh, contamination or the sour substance in milk. When milk is touched by the, uh, the sour substance, it becomes yogurt. Hmm. So, that's why he is not the same. From milk, you can get yogurt, but from yogurt, you cannot get back milk. It's an irreversible process. So, Sadashava, therefore, can never be equal to Vishnu or Narayana or Krishna. Uh, he is uh, uh, um, um, expansion of Krishna uh, empowered to directly deal with the material world whereas the Lord Himself doesn't directly involve in its uh, activities. He is untouched by the material world but even when He incarnates in this world He is untouched by the material world. He comes with His own abode he, everything he, His associates are His all His devotees like that. Even if he touches the material world, it becomes spiritual. So he is never actually touching anything that is material. Because whatever he touches becomes spiritual. There is no material there. So he always deals with his material energy as separate, or always at a distance. That's why here also in the Bhagavad Gita, in the 7th chapter, 4th verse, Bhumirapa Analo Vayur cha Ahankara iti Me Bhinna Prakriti Rashtadha. Bhinna means separated energies. Separated energies. Separate from Him. It's at a distance. You see, Earth, water, fire, air, ether, mind, intelligence, and false ego. And all together these eight constitute my separated material energies. He's not together with Him. So that together with the material energy is Lord Shiva. So the Krishna expands as Lord Shiva to directly deal with the material world. And because He is in touch with the material world, therefore He is different from Krishna. He is not as, um, you know, sampurna as Krishna. Although he is very powerful and no living entity can equal Lord Shiva, a living entity can equal Lord Brahma if he wants, if he if he endeavors for it. But he, however much he may endeavor, he can never become Shiva. Shiva is completely on a different realm, can never be approached by, I mean, can never be attained by a Jiva. But at the same time, Shiva is not also at the same as Vishnu. So, this is the position of Sadashava. We will learn more about this when we are learning about the Tattva of Advaita Acharya. Uh, now, we are learning the Tattva of Nityananda Prabhu and the position of Nityananda Prabhu, what actually he is. And his expansions are Sankarshan, Mahavishnu, these grand, grand uh, expansions who are controlling the entire affairs of the spiritual and material worlds are only an expansion of Nityananda. How powerful is Nityananda? So, we are learning about the Tattva of Nityananda. After this, we will learn the Tattva of advaitacharya in the next chapter and there we will cover this at more length. Okay. Next question, Prabhuji, Antaranga Shakti, Bahiranga Shakti and what is marginal energy called? Tatastha Shakti. I think you have answered, yeah. Tatastha, Tata means, Tata means beach. Or the bank, you know, Tata, Yamuna Tata. What is that? Mm. What is that? Yamuna Tira, Vanachari. Tira also is by the banks of Tata, means always at the banks or at the beach of the ocean or the banks of the river, it is called Tata. Uh, tata Stha, Stha means situated, situated in the beach, like that is marginal. Ah, yamuna tatachara gopi vasanahara that song Yashomati Nandana Brajabara nagara by bhaktivino thakur there it is said yamuna tatachara gopi vasanahara so uh, on the banks of the yamuna he has stolen the go- uh, dresses of the gopis clothes of the gopis so that is krishna so tata means bank or the beach <coughs> next question by again varajakshmata Blue represents ignorance. So, a devotee should avoid dressing in blue colored dress, Prabhuji. Don't go into some other now. Of course, it is said in the nectar of devotion that one should not wear red and blue color in the temple. But Srila Prabhupada did not enforce this uh, rigidly. Don't worry about it too much. Um. (laughs) Relax on that one. Alright, I think that's the end. No, we have something else. Sunita Sharma again. Since we have imperfect senses, how can we understand Krishna properly as we cannot understand even his energies? Good question. Okay. (laughs) How can we understand Krishna properly? This is the thing. Um, We are not able to, we are not understanding him with the exertion of our intelligence or our senses. Try to understand. When we try to exert our senses and intelligence, we are trying on the strength of our senses, like the scientists, they see with the telescope, with the strength of their senses, they are trying to... and then they are using the strength of their intelligence to understand. But we are not doing that. We are receiving Shabda Brahma. Vedas are called Shabda Brahma. They are transcendental sound. We are not understanding with the exertion of our intelligence, we are just receiving the knowledge given by Krishna. And therefore, all seeming contradictions will no more puzzle us anymore, because we accept the Lord as achintya, based on His own words. So what we are doing is, we are receiving knowledge from Krishna, and that's why it is perfect. That is the mercy of Krishna, that's why it is said, Athapite Deva Padambujadvaya Prasada Leshanu Grihita Evahi Janatita Van Mahim no Nachanyeko Pichiran Vichin This is said by Brahma My Lord if if one is favored even by a slight trace of your mercy, of the mercy of your Lord's feet, he can understand the greatness of your personality. You see? He is not said that he can understand the greatness because of his intelligence. No. Gajendra was not intelligent. He was a dull animal. Mm, Vanaras and the Ramayana were monkeys. How did they... Because they they achieved the mercy of the Lord. Therefore they could understand. But those who speculate to understand the Supreme Personality of Godhead are, are unable to know you. Even though they continue to study the Vedas for many years. And Chiram means for eternity they can continue their studies and their speculation, nowhere close, they cannot understand anything, see. So that is why we can understand, Shabda Brahma, that is why this is so potent, this process of receiving knowledge, ours is the Avarohapantha, descending process of acquiring knowledge, we take the knowledge from Krishna and accept it, that is it, in total, whereas the ascending process of knowledge, the Arohapantha is with our imperfect senses and you know intellect we are trying to know more and more and more and more and more this is the ascending process and hopefully one day we will reach that ultimate source of everything but it was never going to happen because it's infinite but because avarohapantha is descending process therefore it's very effective time saving and perfect knowledge so much trouble can be saved by this avarohapantha therefore we can understand Anything else? Rupak Adhikari is asking contact number. You can go to our Facebook page, we have our Mandir address and everything. Alright, I think that's the end of the session. Thank you very much. Uh, we'll see you again on Monday with the AMAM AM session. If some class happens, of course, Prabhu's classes are there. Uh, tomorrow, Prabhu's class is there. Morning, Srimad Bhagavatam, don't miss that. And evening class, depends on who gives, it may go live or not. Um then Monday definitely we will meet with the AMAM AM session, Ask Me Anything session, which we have not done in quite a while. All right. Thank you very much. Chaitanya Charitamrita ki Krishna Krishnadas Kavaraj Goswami ki jai, Shla Prabhupada ki jai, Anantakoti Vaishanavaranda ki jai, Nitaay Gaur Pramanande, Hari Hari Voh, Hare Krishna.